are listening to Law and Gospel on this Wednesday, June the 10th, in the year of our Lord, 2020. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and we're taking a look at various theses of Law and Gospel by C.F.W. Walther. We're not going by each one after the other. We're instead going by the 39 evening lectures he gave concerning these 25 principles. We're on principle number three, and this is the eighth evening lecture that C.F.W. Walther did in November the 14th in 1884. Remember, he's talking to seminary students. The particular principle is to rightly distinguish law and gospel is the most difficult and highest Christian art, and for theologians in particular. It is taught only by the Holy Spirit in combination with experience. And the main point that he's making here is that head knowledge about the Bible is not enough. In other words, you had scribes and Pharisees in Jesus' day who really knew the Old Testament almost all the verses, the history, etc. But they were unable to do practical knowledge in understanding and applying the Scripture. Remember, at the time of Judaism, in Jesus' day, many were under the impression that you got saved by your works. And so the Bible appeared to really be an unclear book. To many people. And that's how he begins his eighth evening lecture. He makes a point saying, if Holy Scripture were really such an unclear book, then how could a book that left us groping in the dark and uncertain regarding its essential contents serve as revelation? You see, when you're reading the Bible, C.F.W. Walther points out that it appears that there are a number of contradictions. And so the old Jewish Bible scholars of the Middle Ages declared that, well, the literal meaning of the scriptures was indeed plain. But there was a secret meaning that is of the highest importance. And this meaning could not be understood without, from their point of view, the aid of the Kabbalah. Now, what's the Kabbalah? It was a collection of Jewish writings that really had a strong Gnostic or New Age influence. Namely, the more that you knew, the better off you were. That's just a summary of that. Uh, For example, here's how they would use this kind of thinking. The first and the last verse of the Hebrew Bible, the word Aleph, or I should say the letter Aleph, the first letter of the alphabet, occurs six times. Now, these scholars said an ordinary person cannot understand why that is so, but they went to the Kabbalah to give the explanation that the world will last 6,000 
years. Isn't that ridiculous? CFW Walter says to to take things like that and then end up with a conclusion that is not found anywhere in the Bible. And he makes the point that the Roman Catholic Church at that time of uh, Martin Luther said the scriptures are so unclear that you can hardly understand a single passage in them. Now, when you have that to be said about a book, that it's so unclear, then you have to have another source to make it more clear. And that's why in the Roman Catholic tradition, the source that makes it more clear is tradition. The tradition of the church is absolutely necessary in order that they might be able to understand the obvious parts of the scripture. We had a Lutheran Church, Missouri pastor. Uh, His name was Newhouse, who left the Lutheran Church to join the Roman Catholic Church. And he wrote an article once as to why he did that. And the reason was, he said, in the Roman Catholic Church, he now found what the true meaning of the Scripture was by reading tradition. And therefore, when the Pope or councils came out saying, this is the true meaning of the Church, even when they declared justification by grace through faith as anathema, That is totally wrong. Well, that's what you get when you use tradition. 2 Corinthians 4.3, Walter uses, And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled only to those who are perishing. In other words, the gospel is veiled in the scripture. You can quickly understand the history of the Bible, and many of the events. But it is an abomination, Luther said, according to Psalm 37, to say that the Holy Scripture is obscure. And he says quite a bit about that. For example, the Roman Catholics he referred to as sophists. That was the opponents of Luther. They claim that Scripture is unclear, that the very nature of the Word of God is so unclear and speaks in a strange fashion. But Luther makes a point. That's because a lot of times languages are always unclear. Uh, The Bible was written in Hebrew and Greek. He said... If I was talking to a Muslim, he would be talking to me in Turkish, and I wouldn't understand him at all. But a seven-year-old could understand him readily, who had been brought up in that language. So, C.F.W. Walther points to a hymn. It's a communion hymn, Lord Jesus Christ You Have Prepared. And here's what it says. Your word stands as a rampart firm that none may ever overturn, be they 
howsoever cunning. So Luther makes a really good point. The historical grammatical meaning of Scripture can readily be opened up by anyone who understands this language. Without the Holy Spirit, though it is impossible to know how to apply that message. For example, hardly anybody would doubt that the Bible teaches that Jesus was crucified. And yet there are scholars who try and interpret that to mean that when he was given a drink of wine, it had properties in it that made a person appear to die. So Jesus really never died. And the only reason that he did finally die is because of the spear that was put in him by the soldier. But what really made him look like he was dead with this wine. Now, therefore, the historical parts of the Bible are pretty obvious. But when you want to apply the Bible, that's really hard. In fact, one of my favorite passages, 1 Corinthians 2.14, is quoted by Walther. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. If you're talking to an unbeliever, forget about using reason to try and convince him that the Bible is true, because he needs to be spiritually discerned, and that comes as a gift from the Holy Spirit that gives him faith. Again, listen to Paul, 1 Corinthians one twenty-three. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles. So, the primary condition for a salutary knowledge of Holy Scripture, that means... How do we apply all that Holy Scripture has to say is the correct understanding of how to distinguish between law and gospel. CFW talks about inexperienced preachers. They say that they have not perverted either the law or the gospel. They may even know what law is and gospel. But you will frequently notice that law and gospel have been merged with each other. You see, to express in words that the law is a different kind of teaching than the gospel, anybody can do that. I often will have a group in front of me and I'll say, okay, uh, let's see if you know law and gospel. I'm going to give you a statement. Tell me if it's law and gospel. And I'll say, thou shalt not kill. Everybody knows that's law. Baptism saves. Everyone knows that's gospel. You see, you can understand passages as being either law and gospel. But the real task is to make them operative, apply them properly, 
to a individual. Luther actually looked to a lot of scholars with great respect. For example, he called Erasmus, a man of his day, a valuable man because of his study of the biblical languages, which helped Luther translate into German the Bible. But Luther would not call him a doctor of Holy Scripture. Why? Because he did not possess the ability to divide law and gospel properly. Remember, Erasmus was a character who said, we have free will to choose to believe. Well, the Bible contradicts that all over the place. It says, Jesus himself says, no one comes to the Father except through me. And Luther often would talk about how even though he respected Erasmus in some areas, Erasmus did not possess the ability to do law and gospel. C.F.W. Walther talks about that distinction as a personal skilla and charybdis. Now, what does that mean? In Greek mythology, Scylla and Charybdis were sea monsters located on opposite sides of the Strait of Messina between Sicily and Italy. If you avoided one, it meant you got too close to the other. Homer described Scylla as having six heads on long necks, and it ate sailors, while Charybdis sucked in water, creating a whirlpool that captured any ships that sailed too close. In Homer's novel, only Jason and the Argonauts successfully navigated between these two obstacles. And C.F.W. Walter makes the point that if you get too close to the law, saying you're saved by the law, then that really hurts people. And if you get so close to the gospel that people don't think that they're sinners, well, that also hurts people. Which now leads us in this eighth evening lecture to thesis number four. Understanding how to distinguish law and gospel provides wonderful insight for understanding all of Holy Scripture. In fact, without this knowledge, Scripture is and remains a sealed book. C.F.W. Walther starts off this thesis by showing a number of passages where you get the impression there are contradictions in the Bible. And he quotes them. For example, uh, the rich man in Mark 10, What good deed must I do to have eternal life? Jesus says, if you want to enter life, want to enter into life, keep the commandments. But when the jailer at Philippi addressed the same question to Paul and Silas, he received the answer, believe in the Lord Jesus, you and your household will be saved. We read in Habakkuk 2.4, Old Testament, the righteous shall live by faith. And yet, John, in his first epistle, 
uh, chapter 3, verse 7 says, Whoever practices righteousness is righteous as God is righteous. Do you understand? There just appears to be contradictions all over the place. You get this really good passage, 1 Corinthians 6, 9 to 11. The apostle begins, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Well, since we know by the law we are unrighteous, then you get the impression we will never enter into the kingdom of God. But then he adds, And such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. You see, some people in trying to solve these contradictions said the following. The Old Testament reveals a wrathful God and the New Testament a gracious God. Or the Old Testament teaches salvation by works and the New Testament by faith. All that is in error because both the Old and the New Testament have proper law and gospel. The law was not revealed to us to put a notion into our heads that you can become righteous by obeying it. The law is given us to teach us that we are completely unable to fulfill the law. C.F.W. Walter kind of goes through a little history of the church to regard the importance of this distinction. He says, corruption entered the church when law and gospel began to be mingled. He believes that it was until about the 6th century that we find glorious testimonies regarding the distinction between law and gospel. But soon after the 6th century, wow, that distinction began to be forgotten. Uh, One thing that happened was the monastic life that began to achieve even greater importance. That's where individuals would go and live in a monastery. How did they get that impression? Well, they got it from Matthew 19, verse 21. That was St. Anthony and the other monks. If you would be perfect, go and sell what you possess and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. They thought that Jesus was saying the law not to show the impossibility of being saved, but the possibility of how one is saved. C.F.W. Walter then goes into the agonies of Luther. Luther had acquired a great deal of knowledge at the beginning of his ministry, but he didn't know how to distinguish law and gospel. And it wasn't until the light fell upon him in reading about the righteousness of the gospel. Every time he had read that, he thought he had to be righteous to be saved. But then he discovered that the righteousness that saves is a righteousness that God gives from Jesus Christ. In other words... C.F.W. Walter talking to these seminarians. 
there will be moments when you will all imagine you're God's children. But then there will be times when you think your sins have not been forgiven. If on such occasions you desire genuine peace, it can come only if you distinguish between law and gospel. The Book of Concord has a number of writings in it, which are the Confessions of the Lutheran Church, and the Apology is one of them. And in the Apology, we come across a comforting passage. We say to ourselves, I have the forgiveness of sins. But then we may read another passage that makes us believe that we are lost, all because we do not know that there are two different doctrines in the Bible, the law and the gospel. In the formula of Concord, that's a very important point of our confessions, we believe, teach, and confess that the distinction between the law and gospel is to be kept in the church with great diligence as a particularly brilliant light. By this distinction, According to the admonition of St. Paul, God's word is rightly divided. Pretty soon we're going to be taking a look at the 21 ways in which pastors misuse law and gospel. Like, just give you a quickie. A member comes to you and says, I don't feel close to God. And the pastor says, well, you need to come to church more often. You need to read the Bible more often. See, that is a confusion. Telling a person what to do in order to feel close to God. Instead, the message should be the gospel, that God loves you, that God forgives you, that when you feel you're not close to God, think about who has moved, not God, but you. In fact, C.F.W. Walther uh, talks about a proper preacher is glad that the law has put me in such a terrible situation because then you can appreciate the gospel all the more. Therefore, this distinction between law and gospel is absolutely critical. Now, anyone dying in uncertainty that they are not saved. They need to hear the gospel. And a lot of times, Walter says, it's the preacher's fault that they don't hear the good news. We don't say that the law has been done away with because it remains in force. It has not been ended. We just have another message besides that of the law. God does not say the law and your obedience to it brings righteousness. He says the law brings knowledge of sin. Therefore, the principal message of Scripture is Romans 10. I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, Paul says, but not according to knowledge, for being ignorant of the righteousness of God and seeking to establish their own, 
they did not understand God's righteousness, for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. That's the good news of this particular evening lecture. Because the righteousness of God that is valid in the sight of God is the righteousness that Jesus Christ gives to us. Next Wednesday, we hope to continue with the ninth evening lecture on CFW Walther. And tomorrow, Law and Gospel Rumination Thursday with myself, Tom Baker, and Wes Reinitz. Until then, God bless. Listen to Law and Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law and Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.